Hello and welcome back to Spotlight on Women in Health Ventures, the podcast powered by Thea, a nonprofit dedicated to empowering women as entrepreneurs in healthcare. In this episode, we speak with Alessandra Henderson, the co-founder and CEO of Electra Health, a digital health company focused on building the next generation healthcare platform to smash the taboo surrounding menopause. Electra Health offers evidence-based education, care, and community for women going through various stages of menopause. Electra Health has been featured in leading publications, including Fast Company, Forbes, TechCrunch, and more also with endorsements from prominent women like Katie Couric and Maria Shriver. Alessandra began her career at Artsy building the content partner business. She then went on to found and serve as executive director of the MIT NYC startup studio and as VP of network at Human Ventures. Welcome. Thank you so much, Alessandra, for, for being on with us today. I'm very excited to just learn more about your background, what you're doing with Electra, and just about menopause and femtech industry in general. So you're currently co-founder and, and CEO of Electra Health. Did you always envision yourself as an entrepreneur? What, what was your background kind of leading up to, to founding this company? Sure. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. Excited to be speaking with you both and always inspiring to meet and connect with women who are bringing women's health and entrepreneurship or moving the whole space forward. But a little bit about me and my background. Uh, I am originally from Boston. I am a humanities undergrad. So I had a dual major in East Asian studies and art history And I had absolutely no idea I was going to be a founder. Um, I actually had no idea I was going to even go into the healthcare space in general. My first role out of school was actually, uh, I lived in China selling Chinese contemporary art. So, and I, I did that for about two years after I graduated. So a world away from menopause. Um, but, you know, as I look back, especially now, uh, I can see some common threads throughout my career. But just to give you a little bit of the highlights of it, you know, from China, selling Chinese contemporary art, I moved to New York in 2010 and started as the sixth of the employee at a company called Artsy, which is putting the $66 billion art market online. I spent four years there. It was my kind of boots on the ground, you know, amazing experience of building teams, building companies, building products. And I just fell in love with startups and and truly building and the creativity that comes with um, with building. Uh, one, one book that I actually credit as part of this kind of learning and, and opening my eyes is actually Hackers and Painters by Paul Graham. It's about um, really, you know, hackers being engineers and painters being painters and artists. And I guess when I graduated from college, I always thought that business was so square and boring and um, rote. And, you know, the more you peel back the onion or peel back the curtain, um, I've just discovered that it can be incredibly creative. Um, Entrepreneurship is an exercise in creativity. Anyway, um, from there, I went to business school at MIT. And then for several years prior to Electra, I was actually in early stage startups, 
to startup studios really launching and building consumer businesses from the ground up. So I very much like learning by doing and feel like I learned all of these call it skills along the way and along my career that prepared me to, to ultimately take the plunge and found Electra. Definitely. So at what point did you decide to take the plunge and um, become an entrepreneur and, and found Electra Health? Yeah. So I ultimately decided to found a company in 2018, but I came to the healthcare space through a personal health journey of my own. Um, as I'm sure, as you've interviewed, especially female founders that, you know, going to kind of fix something or ultimately deciding to build a company is a result of having experienced it themselves. My personal story, I had been getting quite sick. This was actually 2016, so about five years ago. I was getting quite sick and um, you know, missing multiple days of work, panic attacks, not sleeping, just the full gamut, right? When my body was <laughs> telling me it was time to figure out what was going on. And so I went on just that personal health journey of making sure that I invest and get to the root cause of what was going on with my physical health, um, with my mental health, which as we know is so, and emotional health is so closely tied to how, we're, how we feel physically. And then ultimately, you know, also learning throughout this process about hormonal health. I actually froze my eggs in 2017 and the hormones from egg freezing impacted my eyesight which I had no idea could happen in that, you know, a patch that you put down by your ovaries could impact your eyesight. They felt so disconnected. And it, it just, that moment discovering that really sparked a fascination with, and really kind of an obsession with hormonal health that ultimately fast forward a couple of years, I decided to ultimately found Electra Health and, and really focus on perimenopause and menopause as a space because no, they spoke with women about what were some of the biggest gaps in resources and education and really support. It was what comes, you know, I feel like I might kind of understand pregnancy or I feel like I have resources potentially there, but I just don't know how to live well beyond that. Um, and so 2018 decided to found the company and, and then we officially incorporated in January of 2019. Amazing. Amazing to hear how a personal experience can serve as a spark to found uh, a company and, and to affect change more broadly. Now, specifically with menopause and Electra Health, can you walk us through kind of what are the offerings for Electric Health and how you're trying to tackle this taboo surrounding menopause? Yeah. So at Electra, we have three core pillars. The first one is evidence-based education. The second one is care. And so we think of that as access to expertise and you know, access to medical experts. And then the third is community. In terms of how that manifests and you know how we actually help women, um, we are building out kind of a, a dedicated digital platform that 
offers, you know, educational pathways about symptoms and what's going on with your body that women can read. It it really starts with what is menopause. (laughs) We also have private discussions and private support groups for women to come together. But really at its core of this digital platform is this, what we call an electric guide. It's almost like a menopause doula. It's a text and expert. When you have questions, when you just want to know, is this normal or how can I build a plan? to navigate menopause well. And so we're really excited. What we've found is that because menopause is a journey and symptoms change over time, we need a platform that's flexible to allow women to get questions answered, to read or to find support wherever they are, however they feel when they wake up that day. I'm really excited about the direction that digital health is going and that digital health doesn't just mean getting on the phone with the doctor, it means support in an ongoing way. And so that's what we're really investing in building. I will say we do offer telemedicine care and personalized care for women in the tri-state area and Florida if women do need prescriptions or labs or any kind of support. So we're excited to be supporting women on the continuum of their menopause journey that way. Serving as like one-stop shop for, for women for all these questions. I would say just really quickly to that point, people are shocked to find out that less than 20% of OBGYN residency programs offer menopause training at all. So literally the doctors or the providers that raise their hand to say, I want to support women in this, you know, um, Uh, as my career, uh, really once a woman hits beyond called childbearing years, which I am putting in air quotes because I really hate that term. Um, but you know, they're not trained or equipped to support women call it 45 and above, which is really a shame. I think it, it really communicates to women that they're not valuable or that their experiences aren't valid. Um, and we're, we're really looking to at least start with educating and empowering women to say, no, you know, I don't have to live like this. And my final piece to this is just that stat almost not demonizes, but it it feels like it, it puts the blame on providers or doctors that they don't know. And that's not the case. Right. I mean, I think it's just when the, the whole system is not set up so that we're not trained to support women next. It's been a, an unfortunate legacy of the last several decades in the healthcare system. How do you get the women to join this community? How does that, how has that process been rolling? Yeah. So we are direct to consumer today. That's really where we've found, you know, women are speaking up and out and they're actively looking for solutions. And we've got a little bit of our jobs cut out for us in terms of helping women discover and find resources and what's been a taboo topic to date. So we've actually spent a good amount of time and energy in building out really accessible content that reaches women around both symptoms as well as kind of reframing this menopause experience. Women are discovering us online. So Dr. Google, Mm -hmm. we do partnerships with other companies that have a similar demographic, call it, and where we can be incredibly collaborative. You know, we, we look to call it influencers or women who have spoken up about their experience in the past, whether that's Maria Shriver or Katie Couric, both of whom have featured Electra in their newsletter, to just start to spread the word because it is still a taboo topic. 
And we really need to identify certain ways to have menopause be in the public conversation without intimidating women or, you know, causing, and it doesn't have to just be women, I should say. Um, we really invite men uh, and, you know, partners or colleagues and friends and sons and husbands to, to really be part of the conversation as well. I know you guys have a metamorphosis program. Can you can you touch on that a little bit? Sure. And I know it sounds a little bit mysterious. We do love puns. And I think especially <laughs> as we look to market Electra, I really don't love, you know, when we say you need to quote rebrand menopause. I don't, I don't know that I love that term, but I do think that bringing fresh language and fresh lingo to it is important because menopause as a term carries a lot of baggage. But metamorphosis is, of course, our clever play on words to talk about really what this call it digital platform, digital solution is. So it really starts, you know, we've experimented in length because as all good entrepreneurs, we're constantly experimenting around what the exact uh, kind of best formula is. But as it stands today, it's a four week program that is jam packed with educational resources. So it's really like a meno 101 or what to expect when you're expecting menopause. And it covers a lot of the core pillars and symptoms of what a woman will experience. Call it sleep, sex, I put weight weight in air quotes again, but it's really nutrition and diet and lifestyle as well as mental health. So, you know, managing anxiety and really just a lot of educational rich resources that are very accessible and that are reviewed by experts in the space. So literally some of the past presidents of the North American Menopause Society. So we've put that together to help as a guide and resource to women. And then we pair that with a private community discussion feed, as well as weekly support groups where women can show up and, and have a guided conversation that's facilitated by one of our experts. For some women, um, they will have um, that, call it text and expert or text to menopause doula access where you have questions or if you're looking to be actually held accountable to some of the changes that the woman is looking to implement as she manages her symptoms. We have found, and again, it's it's early days, we're still in private beta, but uh, of the women who have responded to surveys, we see about within the first month, about a 94% improvement in their menopause mindset. And so we're really excited to just see what happens when you do educate and empower women and give women resources, the kind of power that can have. Yeah, just like being able to talk to someone and just to connect with other women that are going through the same process, I think just helps boost that mindset as well. And in there, we have an introductions post, right? Where it says, if you want to share, and we have a couple of prompts, but women will go in and introduce themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's really gives you goosebumps almost as you read through it, just what women share and what they're going through. Oftentimes, I've been thinking a lot about this recently, especially if you choose to go the VC route as an entrepreneur. I'm kind of expected to hitting these obviously milestones, like every business needs growth. But when you boil success down to numbers or to call it percent month over month growth, I think you lose a lot of the individual in that. And especially when you're in healthcare, there's this kind of constant tension between growth and then making sure that you're building solutions that reach those individual stories. 
to ask about the business model for Electra, where it stands today and how you think about scaling it and sustainability, et cetera, moving forward. So we are direct to consumer today. Everything is out of pocket. Our care, uh, so telemedicine care is HSA and FSA eligible. We actually have out-of-network reimbursement, or we've seen out-of-network reimbursement up to 70%. So, you know, making sure that when you look at it, it actually oftentimes at the cost of, call it a specialty visit for many folks with insurance. We are direct to consumer today because, again, that's where we've found most women have raised their hands and are looking for solutions. We are excited as we grow and scale to look to, and we've started to see even some employers who are kind of interested in how to support women in this demographic and their employees. So it is early days for everyone in the menopause space as we're all finding the the right model. And I would say even that's true of digital health across the board. Mm-hmm. Women's health in general has a real lack of data. I think as we've been looking to prove out a lot of economic models around it and menopause just as a space has like an incredible lack of data, which is unfortunate because it does a real disservice as we're looking to prove out what we know to be true, which is that if you take care of women in this 45 to call it 55 or 60 women the economic, not only cost savings, but also just long-term health benefit is massive. And we just have the added complexity of having to prove, <laughs> prove that out as we, of course, grow as a company and build out our own data set. Do you think the growth of the femtech industry in general is helping cause other players within healthcare to start thinking about investing in and expanding women's health? It definitely is. It's been a long time coming and it feels like advertisers have known for years, right? That women actually hold the purse strings to a home and all these, you know, consumer goods have known this for years. And it finally feels like the healthcare industry is waking up to that as well as even, you know, a mother being, call it, holding the purse strings to the families, both healthcare decisions, as well as where they'll go. I really believe that every single article and piece of media helps. We actually at Electra oftentimes love to celebrate some of what people might call our competitors because we feel like menopause has been so underreported on, so underfunded, so uh, you know, hidden away and in, in the shadows, that the more people that talk about it, the better. And the same is true of the femtech space. What I'd love to see is successes like Kate Ryder at Maven and Carolyn and Felicity at Tia. We love to see Ovia getting purchased by LabCorp because the more exits that are in the space, the more that we as called the, the next group of startups, one or two stages behind them, the more we can point to the, the real financial gain of investing in the space, which ultimately, you know, oftentimes it does boil down to dollars and cents. And so we need to make sure to prove that it's not just the right thing to do, but that it makes economic sense and and real economic opportunity to invest in women's health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what are some other companies that are tackling this, this menopause space that you alluded to? Like, how are they approaching this larger issue? Yeah. So 
We talked about the competitive landscape, really, especially the menopause space itself. Most companies are still in, call it pre-seed and seed stage. So it really feels like it's, call it anybody's game. And one thing before going into some of the other companies that we really want to stress is that I fundamentally believe, and so does my co-founder, and I, you know, especially many others in this space, that there are going to be many billion dollar companies that come up in the menopause space. Like the market is way too big and the opportunity to innovate is way too big to just have one menopause company. So, um, you know, I think especially when we hear it speak with investors or some people, it's like, you almost feel like there's only one that's going to emerge. That is not the case at all. There are going to be many of them, dozens of them, but the space itself the largest call it bucket of quote, quote competitors is products. So that is point solutions for specific symptoms. Call it your vaginal creams, moisturizers, hot flash bracelets. So Ember Labs, Kindra. I know Genev, who's another competitor, uh, started with moisturizer and sells products. You know, we love the folks at State of. We have just many other companies in this in that general bucket. There's a second group, which is providing telemedicine services or care similar to Electra, but in a different way. There's a subcategory of folks who are selling direct-to-consumer hormone replacement therapy. So call it a digital pharmacy. Those are, you know, there's Evernow, Alloy. Uh, I mentioned Genev providing services and just a couple of others. Um, That's the general menopause landscape. And then I would say just to pair that with call it every other large player in the women's healthcare space. So the Mavens, Tia's, Kind Bodies, just some other folks who we're, of course, watching and actually see a lot of opportunities to collaborate around the menopause topic. Now, getting down to some of the logistical aspects and company building aspects of Electra, what were some of the challenges that you faced in building out the team and building the company and finding the investors? Could you walk us through some of those hurdles? Yeah, I I would say the biggest hurdle or challenge, which I would say is our biggest opportunity and our biggest challenge is just the sheer amount of education that it is going to take for different stakeholders, I should say, to understand whether it's what is menopause for women to understand that their symptoms are related to their hormones and menopause transition for investors to understand again, what is menopause and why is the opportunity so large? And so, you know, we have had to really be thoughtful to take what is a very complex and really big space and boil it down into a really comprehensible, really accessible entry points to understand why it's so massive and why the quote pain point is so acute. And so that translates to on the consumer side, we have to do a lot of, you know, if you go onto our website, electrahealth.com, it is very content rich. It has, it's almost like an encyclopedic 21st century guide to menopause. That was a huge undertaking for us to build medically reviewed content, but we feel is so important 
to start there, even though we're not monetizing it, because we really just, we know this is going to be a long-term game to help educate more women about what's going on. On the investor side, I, I alluded a little bit to this, but thankfully menopause as a space has received more attention, whether that's in TechCrunch, in Crunchbase. These are all articles that Electra has been featured in, thankfully, but PitchBook, you know, the, the, it's gotten a little bit more momentum in the investor space, which is fantastic. But when it comes down to the individual meetings, we still feel like we have, we, we even get emails from investors that say, I'm looking to learn about menopause, which of course is great, but you know, we want investors who are ready to invest in menopause and are excited to take the leap as opposed to using us as teachers. And then from a team perspective, this is a little, we actually have a real happiness problem where we have, we have a lot of very senior women who understand the need and are facing perimenopause and menopause themselves who are excited to work with Electra. And so I actually have a lot of colleagues um, or founder friends who feel like, whether it's engineers or sales or whatever it might be, I feel like they're only seeing really junior candidates reach out and expect actually kind of astronomical salaries. Whereas we have these like incredibly accomplished women who are so driven by our mission and the space who reach out and say, I'm ready to roll up my sleeves. And so we, we actually um, have this talent challenge of how do we you know, plug in all of these really amazing women who are ready to, to dive in. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> a very to, good problem to have. To, to have such passionate women. Because yeah. sometimes that's what some founders face is just trying to create that drive in their employees, that alignment with the mission, but having people come in already devoted, that's amazing. So coming up towards the end of, of our conversation, and we like to spend a few minutes doing like rapid fire questions with some of our podcast guests. So the first is what is the most important piece of advice you give to anyone who wants to start a career in healthcare? I would say that it has less to do with healthcare and more just career advice, if, I, if you'll give me that, which is just follow really good people. And secondly, always lead with curiosity. You might hear of what seems like the sexiest, coolest company in the healthcare space, especially if they received a lot of funding. But if you meet with them, don't go based off of the, call it dollar amounts or the name. Always find a really good person or team and spend some time digging in there. It will pay off in spades down the road. Amazing. And, and any mentors or female founders that you look up to? Oh gosh, I learned so much from so many people. I learned a lot from my co-founder, Janine Versi. Um, I learned a lot from uh, one of our investors, Heather Hartnett. I have, we're lucky to have, we actually have two thirds of our cap table. So two thirds of our investors are female. And so I really feel like I tap so many of those, those <laughs> folks for their wisdom and support along the way. My friend, Lily Lyman, who is an investor, but also a friend, the list is so long. I, I know this is rapid fire, but I'll just throw in there that Jane Fonda, 
Michelle Obama and Oprah are the three women <laughs> too. That I would love to get involved with Electra. So if they happen to be listening to this, please have them reach out. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oprah, Michelle Obama, Jane Fonda. We will, we will make sure they yeah. listen. <laughs> women who speak up and out. It's something that I really admire. Yes, no, definitely. And, and the last question is, is there a mantra that you live by or a quote that you live by? Oh, wow. I, well, lead with curiosity was one. Yes. And this is less mantra and more practice or ritual, which is end every day saying one thing that I'm grateful for that day. My husband and I, that closes out our day every day, even if we're apart from each other. And I think our ending, you know, the close of every day with gratitude has really helped me, especially over the course building Electra, but just over the course of the last several years. Thank you all for listening. Visit us on Instagram at Thea Healthcare, on Twitter at TheaHC, and on our website at TheaHC.org for more content and to join our vibrant community of young professionals, entrepreneurs, investors, and thought leaders in healthcare. Special thanks to our amazing producer, Sarah Wetzler, and audio editors, Ellie Park, Asim Jain, Nikita Gupta, and Katie Donahue. If you're enjoying our content, please consider supporting Thea by visiting our website, TheaHC.org, to donate.